Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Speak to a lot of Nashville session greats about their favorite overdrive pedal and plenty will point to one box, the ODR-1 from Nobels. Fast forward to 2020 and the original 1993 release has had a few tweaks to introduce the ODR-1 BC. This legendary drive pedal now includes a built-in bass cut, allowing the player to tame some of that wild low end, while single coil users can still access the harmonically rich full range of the ODR-1. There really has never been a better time to own this absolute cult classic transparent overdrive pedal to deliver creamy natural overdrive. Everything from pushed clean amp tones to gain filled stacks. This legendary pedal is guaranteed to be a big part of your sound. Available from all good guitar shops or visit nobels.de for more info. Check out Reverend Guitar's incredible range of artist signature models. With nearly as many artist line guitars as they do in their standard range, there is something for every type of player, and always with a wonderful twist. Check out the series of Reeves Gabriel's signature models, each one with its own unique style and purpose. There's the original model based on the classic Charger body shape, fitted with Reeves' own signature rail hammer humbuckers, also available loaded with a Sustaniac in the neck for built-in bold-style controllable feedback designed for use in Reeves' own band Reeves Gabriel's and his imaginary friends. The Space Hawk, Reeves' first signature model designed specifically for The Cure, is a dark and brooding retro semi-hollow with a gorgeous split pick guard and Reeves' rail hammer buckers. And the Dirt Bike is Reeves' simple, no-frills, pick-up-and-go, single humbucking, back-to-basics machine designed for jamming with his buddies in East Nashville. Check them out along with the rest of Reverend's substantial range of guitars and basses at reverendguitars.com. Bonjour et bienvenue au podcast des Nerds de la Guitare. Je suis ton hôte, Joe Branton. Je suis accompagné de Matt Knight. Hello. Et Mark Packham. Hello. Et Jay Cross. Am I in the right room? Yeah, Messieurs, I, I, bonjour. I, I really wasn't paying attention. Is that someone starts talking happening? in another language and I just gave uh, up? I just introduced the the podcast in French. I'm, I'm... You do, you, guitar nerds is still guitar nerds. No. You don't need to like translate guitar nerds because uh, guitar nerds is the brand. Yeah, I, I, well, it's like yeah. like an Apple iMac is still an Apple iMac. In yeah, Fr- fine. France. I just thought you know it was very good though. It, how, how just out of interest. Did you do that on your lunch break today, or was that um, something that is considered uh, guitar? Notes are we paying you for that, basically? No, I uh, I uh, I messaged my keyboard player Josh, who speaks French, and asked. <laughs> I'd love it if he just made it say Joe Branton <laughs> yeah. is a massive idiot or something like that. That'd be the dream. 
Oh, it's good. It's good. That was my uh, that was my introduction. Anyway, yes. Uh, what, what language are you doing next week? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I should do a new language each week. That's actually what you good. Do I'm going to is... do that. Okay, here's one for you. Uh-huh. Um, patrons, people, uh, regular people don't care. People who patron patrons pa- patrons of guitar nerds, uh-huh. um, can you please translate the Joe Branton guitar nerds intro into? Uh, the language that you speak that is not English, please, and send it over to him so that he can do it. That, that's, that's, that sounds great. That's a challenge for, for this week for you. New language and that, every week. And then that patron can rate your pronunciation. Mm. Uh, and if it is bad and considered insulting, then you will be the weakest link ah. and we get to vote you off. Right, okay. Well, yeah, that seems fair. I'm pretty confident in my abilities. So, uh, cool. Yeah, I, I am game for that. Anyway, this week on uh, the Guitar Nerds podcast, um, there have been a lot of new things really. So, loads of pedals that we're going to talk about. Um, but first of all, uh, I'd like to introduce our new patrons who uh, who have joined us over on the Patreon. They've signed up to either the dollar, the five dollar, or the ten dollar tier. Welcome to Matthew Arnold, um, to Tidge Harmon, to John Holmes, and to Frederick Ruse. Thank you all very much for for signing up and joining the team. Now, um, now this month we're uh, we, we're continuing continuing our giveaways, and we've teamed up with Ashdown. Had to give you a double giveaway for for this month. Obviously, we started this last week, but as a reminder, so that you can go and find the post and enter, uh, we are giving away two Ashdown amplifiers. They're floor-mounted pedal board bass amplifiers. The uh, the Newt, which is a two hundred watt um, guitar amplifier, and the uh, the Ant, which is a two hundred watt bass amplifier. You started with the newt, so we couldn't make the ant and deck joke, didn't you? <laughs> I forgot that you did that last week, but yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, yes, you know, and and again, the newt is in a in a limited edition, uh, very fetching greeny color, um, which is rather lovely, and also your absolute solution for people looking for a super high headroom, very very clean amp, or if you use preamps or multi effects and you want to run them straight to an amp, this is an absolutely fantastic solution now all you have to do to enter is to visit our facebook or our instagram and find the entry post and just follow the steps on there um to enter so the competition's open worldwide and we'll be announcing the winner right here on the podcast on the 10th of june so you've got until the 8th of june to enter as we record a couple of days in advance but uh but yes uh, how wonderful. Go and join the competition because these are two absolutely fantastic products. Kind of a little bit out of um out of left field for for me for sort of the for you know for the Ash for Ashdown releases. I didn't expect them to be coming up with this sort of a solution as a relatively traditional kind of predominantly valve-based bass amplifier company. Um <laughs> this like 300 pounds 200 watt floor based guitar amplifiers um, are, are not exactly what I'd expect them to do, but a fantastic and very welcome product. To be honest, something a lot of guitarists should buy anyway, even without the competition, for like 300 pounds for a 200 watt clean amp head. I just pop it in your gig bag. That's the uh, yeah. that's the key thing, isn't it? So you can just uh, go to the gig. I mean, not at the moment, obviously, but when gigs are <laughs> back uh, and you need small amps again, uh, then yeah, get one of those. But yeah. it's weird at the moment, isn't it? Because like, if you're stuck in your house, do you need a small amp or a big amp? Because like, 
you're not taking it anywhere, so it doesn't need to be like portable and that. But also, you're in your house, so how big does it need to be? Well, I guess as big as you can get away with. That's I guess true. what you need at the moment is is a good amp for recording. I think that's the uh, that's the main thing that everyone really needs at the moment. I kind of think you know either that or practicing, but. Yeah, who needs a practice amp? Just have something that's great for recording, and then it can also be a a good, uh, a good practice amp. On the but flip then, side of that, I'm so close to pulling the trigger on some Boss Waza Air headphones. Really, I, I mean, goodness me! I, you know, I was I was having a, a phone conversation with Matt earlier, and uh, a phone conversation. Why did I say it like that? But on the phone, I was I was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, w- I was saying like of of all the times of for Boss to have released those like you know whatever it was six months before lockdown when kind of playing at home becomes the only thing you can do it's literally yeah. the best product for for exactly that sort of thing. Um, I actually would disagree with you there, and I think just uh, blending the two conversations that we've had for a second, I would say that the best thing for that would be actually the Ashdown headphones the multimeter headphones oh yeah that's true they do actually look fantastic not quite the same thing they don't no, have no, any no, of no. the uh, I, guitar I, modeling and stuff in no i was i was kidding of course but what i did actually uh look that up for was because i was wondering if ashdown have done pedals before yeah do you know pedals before we spoke about loads. these last week have they done loads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've done them under like their... before yeah. before these this like generation. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. did a they did a range of pedals called Doctor Green. Um, oh, they did those, but yeah, they also okay. did they did some double pedals, didn't they, of their own uh, making that had the VU meter built in, from what I remember. Um, okay. And I think they just did like a drive and compressor and stuff. Um, but yeah, they've, they've done pedals for a long time. Uh, because I, so I don't really remember any of that. But the one that I'm looking at here is the phone box. Do you know about that? It's their headphone out DI box, um, which looks pretty good. Well, it's yeah. like cheap. They I also do really, the um... they also do the tone pocket, which I've got one of, and that that's a, a very good sort of on the fly headphone straight in jammy bass solution. The the double pedals that I was thinking of, yeah, have been out for a while. They did like a Pino Palladino signature. They did a bass filter. There's like a uh, a few a Nate Mendel signature drive. Um, but the the coolest one clearly of that bunch uh, was the Ashdown bassometer, chromatic bass tuner pedal, and it looks like a bit of kind of uh, I, I don't know, almost a bit of like safety engineering. Wasn't gear. it like orange? It's orange, yeah, yeah. And it's got the VU meter, and it's got the kind of uh, which I guess does level, and then you've got the note that you're playing, and then you've got a kind of uh, left and right indicators for whether you're in tune uh, or not. And yeah. uh, I just like the fact that it's called the bassometer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they've done they've good. done a whole bunch of stuff, loads and loads of pedals. Yeah, all oh, right, okay, yeah, loads of stuff. Now, uh, speaking of pedals, Matthew Knight, you've been uh, you've been continuing your trend of purchasing more pedals than should be humanly yeah, possible it, it's that or it's that or records and uh when you're sat in front of a computer all day at home not spending money on going to work or buying sandwiches um just spending your time on ebay buying guitar pedals and i thought well i might as well just increase well we, we spoke about the uh the dan electro pedals and i thought oh really should just you know get more 
<laughs> I guess it's <so. laughs> the it's the simple one for that. And I was like, right, I'm gonna get the the wah pedals that we spoke about. So the first one that I got, I bought. It was very weird. It was in the chassis for a Trip L wah, which is the um, leopard print. Um, yeah, they look like 50s American cars, leopard print, but it says Shift Daddy on the base. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a Shift Daddy in a different house. Um, and I got it and it arrived broken, which was a shame. Uh, contact the person said, look, I'll just return it. And they just went, oh, I don't really want it. So just keep it. So I've currently got a broken Tripel wire, uh, which is there basically. I, I don't actually know what the controls do because the base plate on it is wrong. <laughs> <'Cause> it's broken, <laughs> <laughs> and the base plate is wrong. So the base plate gives you all the controls. Um, but after that podcast, a couple of listeners reached out to me who had found other Dan Electro pedals for the collection and kindly donated them. So Hans Ams sent me a Dan Electro Blue Paisley Overdrive, uh, which was, I believe, was a limited um, pedal they did around probably the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, which I think was just like their normal overdrive, but it just had a Blue Paisley uh, finish to it. Um, Goes nicely with the Black Paisley uh, Heavy Drive that I've got. And then uh, Liam... Martin um, from Australia found a Dan Electro Danowar in a garden centre uh, for <laughs> for five dollars. Um, apparently, spotted it amongst a bunch of pots or something, and was like, "What? How much do you want for that?" And they were like, "I don't know, five dollars." <laughs> so he bought it <laughs> and sent it all the way from Australia uh, for me. And that pedal is also ridiculous. The Danowar. And, I mean, in terms of a functioning foot pedal, kind of ridiculous. So you've got an octave on there. You've got three different types of wah. You've got an onboard distortion. You can have two memories, which you can change between on the little switches on the top. And then the tail lights change depending on which memory you're on and then change colour whether you've activated the wire circuit or not. Um, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, the and- one, That's the one, when we've talked about these before, that's the one that I always remember because yeah. I remember, yeah, obviously there's the trip L wire and stuff, but like that's the one that I remember selling, you know, a lot of back in the day because it just did everything. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think they're great. So I, I'm just, I'm missing the shift daddy now, I think. <laughs> Um, which is the, which is the slapback delay in a, the car housing again. in the car housing, and basically it shifts between two very short delay times. <laughs> very weird. Um, just, just so we're clear, in today's exchange rate, five Australian dollars is two pounds sixty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so that's got to be one of the greatest purchases yes. of like, like thrift store guitar shop uh, purchase ever. That's fantastic. Great job, Liam. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And to, uh, for, for Hans to hunt down the Blue Paisley, which is... I've not seen um, many of those previously. There was a Black Paisley as well, right? Did you there was a Black that? Paisley as well, yeah. That was the metal one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're both metal, but... Yeah, well, metal, metal is... Sorry, yeah, metal is yeah, because it's distortion with an octave switch. Yes. Um, which is exactly so, yeah, what the, the basically the Dan Electro hunt continues. 
Um, yes. I think I, what I really want to buy next is the the real Echo. Because that is actually oh, a great a, pedal. That is a yeah. great pedal. The real Echo is fantastic. Um, Have you already got so, the Spring King, Matt? I haven't it's, got the Spring King. I need for, a Spring for listeners King well. who don't know the real Echo, Matt. The real Echo is a effectively a replica of a like a Watkins copycat, um, in a big kind of DL four sized house. Um, that's just got one big slider for delay time. It's got no real tape or anything in it, though. No, it? no real tape. It's just called the real Echo. But it looks so good. It does look good. Which is, as we've discussed many times, the important thing. It's a surf exactly. green pedal, which is very yes. cool. Uh, but the Spring King actually does have real springs in it. Yeah, I I'm oh, really? I was always confused about that. Like, does it definitely? Yes, because it has the Thunder Pad, uh, which is the kick pad that you can stamp on for a thunderous spring sound. Never worked. Um, yeah, it's not great. But it does definitely have springs in it. Wow. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Difficult. Real spring reverb tank inside. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There we go. Difficult thing to do. There's not been many, many companies that have done that, I don't think. I mean, obviously now there's the Anna Sounds, yeah, the... which is which is similar. And there was the Karl Martin Headroom, which I was... Oh, my goodness. Head... Oh, headroom, yeah. is that what that yeah, was Yeah, it was called the Headroom. God, yeah. That thing no. was... Roommate, no roommate was the T Rex pedal, wasn't it? Yeah, headroom. Yeah, headroom. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so um, good. I always that really thing liked sounded that. I amazing. It was a great pedal. Yeah, that that was like yeah that that Cole Martin. I remember distinctly as being one of the best reverb. They um I've ever actually heard. bizarrely enough, I was looking at that the other day because they still make it. They're a hundred ninety nine pounds. Re- what the headroom? Yeah. Ah, I'm buying it now. I wonder, actually, thinking about it, the Spring King looks like it's still in production. It's on Dan Electro's website with a price. So. Yeah, I don't. It's under. Wait. Mm, don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Man looks yeah. at the internet. Yeah. Um, um, so, <laughs> talking about. Yeah, in fact, yes, it is on Dan Electro's website in the accessories category for some reason. Uh, in, yes, it's there with a the price $199. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think um, with all of these things, the one thing I really want is a product catalogue from 2005. <laughs> just so I can see everything that actually was in production. It's really difficult to actually work out what they, they made around that time. But um, the collection is it's getting there. I mean, it's difficult enough to work out what they make, make now. now. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, but actually, saying that, we, we should definitely... I haven't checked out many of the new pedals. It's something I definitely want to try out. Some of their some of their new ones. Well, like the big spender and the Billy. No, Bill- the other ones that came out now. So the breakdown and the Eisenhower fuzz. Yeah, I yeah. think the looking at it, those are the only two they make. They don't right, make okay. the big spender or any of that stuff anymore. They were what were they called? They were they called the, the billionaire. billionaire pedals, yeah, the billionaire. Yeah, those are, yeah. those have gone. Uh, okay. And now, because they were they were good. I mean, they were well priced. Yeah, they were well cheap, priced. They, they? they sounded good as well. They were well well enough built as well. No, these new ones are in like really traditional housings, aren't they? And they're kind and they're, of they're relic. like relics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're also they're fair whack of money, hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, so yeah, be interesting to hear those. Um, talking about uh, lost pedals from the early two thousands, something that came across my radar today because uh, I saw one for sale: the Zoom GM two hundred, um, which uh, I'd completely forgotten about. One of those things that you erase from your memory banks, and then you see a picture of it, and you're like, "Oh my god, I've forgotten that even existed." the The Zoom GM two hundred was, from what I can remember, basically the first 
pod competitor. Um, so it must have come out, I guess, around 2000, 2000 2001, something like that. Um, I did try and do a bit of digging, but I couldn't really find much info about it. But what it is, is a desktop guitar amp modeler um in the vein very much of uh, a pod so you've got what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven amp models um which range from american clean through blues tweed uh british drive metal panel um and fuzz stack which i'm guessing is like the equivalent of like insane on the line six stuff um and some basic effects chorus tremolo echo and reverb and then plus some kind of cab modeling so you've got line audio which i guess is no character modeling which i probably sounds terrible um <laughs> mtr recording presets direct air and wide and then some guitar amp uh modeling that says normal bright warm or bottom so i'm guessing there's no like bottom bottom indeed there's no actual kind of cabs being modeled they're just doing stuff with eq uh and making some different sounds um and then yeah gain master volume three band eq and then zoom noise reduction in there as well um but it's weird it looks like a uh a sort of apocalyptic shoulder pad looks like someone's (laughs) <laughs> it looks like someone's bent like a license plate round and made it into a kind of Fallout style shoulder pad uh, and then stuck some controls on it. It's a very, very weird product. Um, 65 quid if you want one now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm- I've got to tell you, Mark, you're not selling it. You're really, uh, even for 65 How quid. How about this? It's got phono output. So, you know. <laughs> you can plug it straight into your Straight table. into your hi-fi. Do what you need. <laughs> um, it's also got an in mix in which i'm guessing is for like you know plug your first generation ipod in um yes it's extremely odd little unit Um, do uh, do check it out just just quickly to bring it back around to something that you you might actually want to buy today (laughs) um dan electro um obviously website is less up to date than um some dealers websites because they also now have reissued the back talk and is currently available now from European dealers, which is their their reissue of the uh, the two thousands classic, uh, which goes for about two hundred and seventy nine quid. What's the backtalk? The Dan Electro backtalk is a reverse delay, ah. but a very very musical reverse delay. Uh, it, one of those. It, it's a, just a good sounding repeats, which you know had a good like vibe and character to it, unlike just a lot of reverse modes, which sound a bit land yeah um this kind of had a real like 60s vibe to it um and yeah the originals go for like nearly 300 quid yeah it's um, bonkers wow which is ridiculous so yeah these are 168 pounds did you know that down electro i'm just on their website now just looking at some stuff like uh, you know i check this out occasionally but as you were saying you know the website is not always up to date and their range changes all the time do you know they just make a strap the Dan Electro 84. How have is, we not talked about this before? It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a strap body shape, but with the you, with a uh, a black headstock that's angled back, and it has three um, lipstick style. Yeah, three lipstick well. pickups. What looks Very like cool. a Wilkinson bridge. I haven't got the spec here, but yeah, what looks like a Wilkinson bridge. Yeah, Wilkinson Vibrato bridge. A vo- just a volume and tone and a five way switch. It yeah, it's. A very odd thing. I, I think it actually looks great, and it looks like it would be. I, I think it looks like a cool alternative, like a funky. Yeah, the only thing for me is I'm not into the headstock really because it's that kind of like 
like uh, sock or hockey stick. Oh, man, I love those shape. headstocks. It's um, cool. It's also like slightly angled back, which I really like. I always like headstocks that do that. They've done a whole bunch of guitars. They've done the sixty-four S. How are you not aware of this? Have you not I, been on their site? This is not. This is not new news by about a year. But okay, they, it's they, not very often. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I love Dan electric guitars. That guitar that I bought uh, recently is now my main guitar. That's kind of what I'm playing at home all the right, time. Yeah. Um, but I don't have that much reason to dip into the Dan Electro website. But the well, 64, let's talk about some of the things. They do have a substantial mark range well, now, don't they? 64S is basically a Mosrite style body, you know, that kind of reverse offset, uh, with a reverse Stratty headstock, and then basically Strat pickups and three controls and a Wilkinson bridge. It's kind of like a Strat and a Mosrite, like, smashed together. Yeah, um, it's, it's, which it's is not the worst one. thing in the world. No, it's very cool. They've actually got quite into this sort of Mosrite shape recently because they released the, a whole range of, like, um, they, they had the 64 and the 66T, which came out very recently, which yeah. is... Uh, which is like a hollow body version of a of a moss, right? It looks very, very cool with a sort of an more of an arch top and an F hole. It kind of um gives a whole new look to that sort of moss right body shape. But yeah, very cool indeed. That's the sixty six T, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But then they did some things that were kind of they were like their fifty nine shape. So the the fifty nine X and the fifty nine XT, they're like the fifty nine shape, that normal like double cut down yeah. electro shape, but with moss right style pickup configuration like the angled pickup at the neck and 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 bridge sort of in the opposite direction um yeah, yeah they've done some really right, cool right stuff now. recently and then they've got the 64s which are just their kind of moss right style guitars and mm-hmm. yeah they either do those in like uh yeah again with the angle pickups yeah they do a whole weird range because the 64 xt is like three aside headstock in a kind of traditional dan electro style but it's like the moss right body but with a wilkinson strat bridge on it but then yeah, like I've... the 64 the regular 64 is like three aside headstock but it's like a kind of i'd say it's more gibsony almost yeah. um and yeah the moss right body with like a bigsby on it so yeah they, they do a pretty bewildering range of stuff yeah <laughs> uh, yeah they're great it's odd but yeah cool guitars yeah very much so very much a cool range of guitars now um i i've also been messing around with some uh, new stuff this week um uh matt knight was very kind to to send me on loan a uh, a boss gt 1000 um which I've been having a lot of fun with this week, getting to getting to terms with. Because you know, I didn't I didn't realize, but the GT one thousand is is probably the most affordable multi effects unit you can buy at the moment. Um, which is Wait, which is a, out of any multi effects unit well, you can buy. Uh, no, the GT one thousand <laughs> is the most affordable you can buy I, right yes, now. Mark. Mark. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes right. I mean out of those front runners. Um, you you know, out of out of sort At of seven hundred and ninety nine pounds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the cheapest multi effects. <laughs> yes. I mean, out you of can the, buy right uh, now. Yes, I yes, you know what I mean. But um, but yeah, I was um, oh, it's fantastic. I've had an amazing time with it. So the thing that the GT one thousand goes for, which is you know very different from the Helix, rather unlike Line Six, where they just try and pack it full of loads of different amps. The boss has few, but all of them are very very good and very well put together and the gt1000 doesn't as matt has pointed this out on the podcast countless times before but the gt1000 doesn't 
try as much to say, you know, w- with the line six, it's like, uh, oh, I'm going to choose this amp head and now I'll flick through this range of 50 cabs. The Boss GT1000 has kind of already done the head and cab matching for you and very much the uh, um, those models are designed to interact, those head and cabs interact with each other in the same way that they would in in real life. And it's not that you can't change them, you can certainly do that, but they've made perfect pairings for you. So it's kind of less about, um, I guess, messing around and trying a billion different things and more about it being like, here are some great sounds. Uh, oh, that's good because I, whenever I mess around with stuff like that <clears throat> i always am like oh yeah yeah i'll just oh, i'll plug this I haven't plugged it in for ages and i'll be like why is this why does this metal sound that <laughs> yeah. i've put together sound really bad and then i remember that like i i put a jewel wreck into the cab of a, a blues junior just because i thought it'd be fun and i yeah. just see what it sounded terrible of course <laughs> yeah and that's how i left it and it, I, you know i don't i don't need to be able to micromanage that stuff that's that's and that's a good way of putting it as well because this is like uh great sounds without the micromanagement it, essentially boss have done all of that kind of hard work for you and i i got this predominantly because i was um i i wanted something to record bass that was going to be uh, was going to allow me a lot of clarity. I wanted a lot of clean headroom. And I was really struggling to get that with the Line 6 Helix. I, I've, I've got some great sort of big, powerful, distorted tones. And, you know, certainly even when I went to look around on the Line 6 tone uh, website, I can't remember the exact name of it. When I was hunting around on there, people make presets. Every single preset is is metal. Every single preset's for an active five string. Like there's, there's, and it's just, and I guess I understand that that is the community where the Helix has really become very popular. But I was like, man, I just want, <laughs> I, you know, I just want some help making a, a goddamn studio bass sound. But the, uh, the GT1000 has some very good bass presets. Really simple because there's just, there's just the one bass amp. Two, if you count, because they've got their new uh, AIRD technology which are creating all the preamps in the gt1000 but they've also included their x series technology in there which includes things like jay that pedal that you and i got the um that x series bass preamp the b b bb1x bb1x and stuff like that which of course works in its own right as a as kind of an aggressive distorted head i've been using it with the clean bass amp that the gt1000 provides and just using it kind of as a as a drive pedal there and of course it has the x series compressor which is a fantastic and very very musical compressor and kind of whilst you know whilst that was that was it for bass that was my that was my bass drive that was my bass compressor and that was my you know one bass amp head straight out of the box that was a fan fantastic straight into an interface clean sound that i could then you know mess around with add distortion whilst retaining headroom add you know as as much modulation as i want it was just a really quick easy way to to record so i'm still in the i've only really used it for um for bass at the moment i'm going to start messing around with some of the guitar bits and bobs on there as well it's become very important to me recently how well a digital reverb can replicate like a real spring so i'm going to see how the gt1000 holds up um because I've, I've been unable to make anything um match the sound of my blues my tweed blues junior with the reverb maxed out 
the problem is if I want to record any of those sounds, it's really only appropriate for me to do so kind of, I guess, in the middle of the day and not really for a very long period of time because you need to have it so loud. So, I'm sure your um, neighbours think it's never appropriate for you to do that, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yes, um, yeah. So exactly. GT1000, I'm quite into the idea of, um, and Matt, you know, you might want to correct me on this, but it seems like, you know, that what the GT1000 is, the high quality kind of amp modelling and stuff that we're seeing from these, obviously, these high-end amp modellers. But, very much kind of fashioned into more of a traditional multi-effects, you know, in, in that, that kind of format, um, you know, where it is fairly easy to get around. And like Joe said, it's less about kind of diving into the sound and doing all the mix and matching and stuff. It's like, here's just some great sounds and you can turn stuff on and off as you want. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you can look at it that way. I mean, the big thing with the AIRD tech technology is that what we tried to do was recreate rather than um putting together a sound being like an equation so like like jay said like this amp head plus this uh power amp plus this speaker equals this sound which is like a generated algorithm i i I guess you you would say it's like that never actually existed you're feeding one into the other where this is much more about Okay, so this amp into this cab, what is the interaction between the preamp, the power amp, and the speaker? Both ways, because there's negative feedback, which is the um, the current that goes between the power amp and the speaker and back again. So all of that is kind of modeled, which gives you all the sort of dynamics. And then, yeah, you basically have the entire signal chain laid out in any preset. So on any preset, you can have everything or nothing turned on. Yeah, but it's it's all there, so you can just literally just click it on as you want, and then dial it in. And of course, you can deep dive and you can edit and you know do all that if you want. But there's just to me, it's just like there's a couple of I've I've got one here, I've been messing around with it at home, just into monitors, and I never really like a monitor sound because it never really feels dynamic. But because the GT's got a little bit more of a dynamic feel to it, it's kind of just like oh, it's just it's just a good amp sound, and you just dial in a couple of extra bits as needed i think you know a lot of people i spoke to have used it don't use it for wacky stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which know. is exactly what i want and and you know yeah the the well I'm, yeah I'm, you want the wacky stuff you well no that. no i yeah I do, I, I do you're the wackiest person i know joe <laughs> but i um i you know i i wasn't wishing to sort of um to naysay on the helix at all the the helix is a fantastic unit and certainly for adding you know, 50 different absolutely crazy delays and, uh, you know, assigning them to different parameters on the foot switch very easily and quickly. It is an excellent tool. But for getting just a simpanel functional tone that is not simpanel. a metal simpanel. tone. Simpanel. Yeah. Simple and functional. Simpanel, isn't it? Simpanel and functionary. Functional and simpanel um, <laughs> tone. For a functional simpanel tone, Mania. Um, the uh, the GC one thousand, yeah, I thought it was it was absolutely fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Do you know what else I loved? Bass wire. The bass wire on it is wonderful. It's really good. No one um, has ever ever needed a bass wire for yeah, anything. Yeah, just a manual bass wire. It's really good. It's actually really good. The problem that I found with the Helix manual bass wires is none of them are voiced for bass, so they you know they just suck all your tone out as soon as you turn them on. Whereas the uh, the the bass wire on give the, me one uh, example of where a bass wire has ever been used by anyone. Um, 
one order it uses them all the time. All Metallica, over. Metallica. You know that one bass sound. Na 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 na. Da 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 da. Ba bum ba bum bound. That one. Do you know that one that every bass player wants a wah pedal for? Uh, I listen, we, we were listening yeah, to Master. Wire, yeah. We were listening to Master of Puppets this week. Uh, not that that is because that is for whom the bell tolls. Uh, but we were listening to Master of Puppets this week. That record is so good. I wish I'd gotten into. I realised this is a continuation from a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago. I wish I'd gotten into Metallica when I was fifteen because, like. I'd have had an extra like nearly twenty years of listening to a really good band. I've just like I've never really paid that much attention to them. Like this year, I've been playing um, playing Kill 'Em All loads. Been playing uh, Master of Puppets loads. What a great band! Saint, Saint Anger. That's the record you want to listen to. Clang 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 clang. I think the thing that's worrying is like Saint Anger came out cl- probably came out closer to maybe not. Maybe not Master of Puppets. Don't know. It came out a long time. It was like 17 years ago. Did, you, yeah. did any of you see the video doing the rounds this week of a guy playing, I can't remember which Metallica song it was, but he triggered all of his drums so that every drum hit, including the bass drum and the toms and the cymbals, was the <laughs> snare hit from St. Anger. Brilliant. It was unbelievable. So funny. Like Not <laughs> not even tuned or anything. Like Not tuned as in like the, tops are, the, t- the higher toms are higher and the lower toms are lower. It was just the one sample. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've seen this week. Also, if you get time, check out um, Elton John's performance. <laughs> I knew you were going to I'm Still Standing from the, whatever it was called, the, the lockdown concert, One World, One Love or whatever. It was something like that. One of the most bizarre musical performances I've ever seen. It is unbelievable and i've probably watched it yesterday i think we probably watched it maybe 15 times back to back and i saw something (laughs) incredible and new every single time i watched it please watch it it's it's just i can't even tell you how good it is um yeah highlight musical highlights of the week this episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, The Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and so I watch you from afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA made Seymour Duncan pickups it's easy to see why guitarist magazine hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The officially voted the provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. 
You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com. And if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. One of the most popular Ernie Ball Music Man models, the John Petrucci Majesty, is being expanded with four brand new striking finishes, now offered in Pink Sand, Red Phoenix, Smoked Pearl and Ember Glow. The 2020 Majesty features a lightweight Akume body, signature Damasio Rainmaker and Dreamcatcher pickups, and an onboard piezo bridge system that gives the guitar a focused and highly versatile versatile palette of tones. Head to music-man.com to learn more. That's music-man. Now, back to the show. Do you reckon that's his outdoor piano? Do you reckon he's got one that's just outdoors all the time? Maybe, like, yeah. He's got, like, his, he's got his like nice indoor piano, but that's his like... That's his outdoor piano. You know, when he's entertaining people, entertaining. I mean, if his if his entertaining performances are anything like the performance that he did for that concert, I would pay the money it would be required to move in next door to Elton John so I could see (laughs) that every day because it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, on another bit of news that Joe, we haven't actually we haven't actually noted, but I, I wanted to put not in terms of product news in terms of a couple of bits of second-hand guitar news go for it um did everyone see that kurt cobain's uh 1959 martin is coming up for sale oh uh, the yeah, um, the what the one from uh unplugged in new york yes and i had no idea that he fitted two de-armored pickups to it yeah <laughs> um it's just basically an electric guitar i don't think sorry to interrupt i don't think that is i don't think it is the one from Unplugged in New York. Really? I think I, no, no, not. it is. The one that's up for sale at the moment, I found the uh, news recently because it was given to his daughter um, and she got married. And in the divorce, the person she was married to oh. won the guitar in the divorce and then he's oh. decided to sell it. Oh, that is fierce. Um, it is that. Oof. Yeah, it is that guitar. I'm just oh, I'm okay. Because there's, the, there's one at the Martin... Uh, museum, right? And I thought that I thought it was that one, but clearly, clearly, I'm incorrect. Yeah. So no, this it's... is this is from the Telegraph. Kurt Cobain's MTV Unplugged guitar up for sale or one million dollars at auction. Oof. And yes, it is the one with the two Diamond pickups fitted. That's why when on um the kind of riff bit from Man Who Sold the World, that's why it sounds so kind of spiky and odd. It's because I guess these pickups are like almost like gold foils, right? They're, they're kind of bright and, uh, yeah, it's got that kind of piercing effect to it. I think, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure he used a DS1 for the... I think he did, yeah. Uh, for that part of the song. And um, also, and Jay will love this bit of news, uh, the olive green cardigan worn by him for from that session... <laughs> Sold at auction for three hundred and thirty-four thousand dollars. Crikey, that is some that is some expensive. They um, they reckon it's going to go for a million dollars. Um, the guitar, yeah, the guitar. And I, 
I think the guy who buys it will be the same guy that bought the Gilmore Strat. The guy who owns the, the Cincinnati Reds or whatever. Yeah, the football team. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it the Reds? DS2, Matty, for uh, DS2. It's classic. Absolute classic. Yeah. And then on a, um, a second bit of second-hand guitar news, that Matt Bellamy bought uh, Jeff Buckley's Telecaster. And I yeah. hear he's planning to fit a Chaosolator into it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the dream. He's like, stick a Chaosolator in it, mate. Um, I just bought this 59 Les Paul. Can you put a Chaosolator in it, please? Um, yeah, because obviously Matt Bellamy owns Manson Guitars now. Um, and yeah, bought that, wants to use it on some recordings. They've already taken it to pieces, apparently, according to the news story, to find out um, about all the pickups and everything oh, so, i yeah, thought you meant I thought he'd smashed it up right okay yeah he's already okay. just yeah it's just he's, yeah he hated him hated, hated him, him. <laughs> he it just to destroy it um just doing a bit more reading quickly on this kirk Cobain guitar uh because actually there's a ton of interesting stuff on this so in fact from what i'm reading in this i mean it's, it's a forum so take this with a pinch of salt but um the people here seem to think that actually those two pickups were not used and the one that you hear on the record uh is a uh hang on i can't find the manufacturer now it's a um acoustic pickup under the bridge what do they call it why have i completely Piezo. Piezo pickup. Um, Piezo! Is, is that going into a uh, DS2, uh, which is... is what a sound. Cool. Um, the other interesting thing is um, the guitar case that it comes with, which seems to be the original case, um, has a flyer from the band Poison Idea uh, stuck to the front of it, <laughs> which is very weird. Um, little oh, did I also Jada. read... The- well, he was, he was big into... He was big into, like punk and kind of the like f- first wave emo stuff like he i i was looking at a um i was looking at a, a mixtape compilation that he put together at one point and it had like it's got like some fugazi on there some rights of spring uh there's like he was big into the band the wipers who this like garage band um like kirk bain seems like like it seems like he did a lot for like that sort of music as well. well he was always championing that last tour or one of the last tours. I don't know if it was specifically the last one, but Jawbreaker were the um, opening acts. Yeah, of course. And he, uh, yeah, 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 he, course. he picked them to do that. So there's uh, some really interesting. That... Uh, There's a, a chapter in Ben Weasel's book about he went on tour and with them and documented the whole thing. It's uh, super interesting. That, um, that Jawbreaker documentary for people who are interested is on Amazon Prime now. Um, and is worth a watch. I put on a screening of it uh, in Brighton, like not long after it came out, and uh, it was good. It was it was like really interesting. Um, so I definitely recommend watching that if you're into your sort of like '90s punk history. Um, Alternatively, you could do what I'm going to force Jay to do this week, which is watch the <laughs> Bucks Fizz documentary, oh, which is right. on YouTube. Again, one of the funniest things that you could do, uh, and yeah, highly recommend it. It's called Trouble at the Top. Uh, it's about the declining fortunes of the band Bucks Fizz. Wow, great spoonerism, indeed. Um, I'd just like to offer a correction and an apology to anyone from either Indianapolis or Cincinnati, because. Uh, the uh, Jim Ursay, who's the guy who bought David Gilmore's Strat, does not own the Cincinnati Reds, who are a baseball team. He does, of course, own the Indianapolis Colts, who are a football team. Um, and unlike, I couldn't have got this much more 
I couldn't have cut this much worse because they're like about an hour and a half away from each other, which nothing in America is an hour and a half away from anything else in America. So I apologize if there's like a big rivalry there and you've you've thrown your radio in the river or whatever. I don't know. I 100% thought you were going to say the Denver Broncos and then I remembered the owner the is Broncos. Homer Simpson. So <laughs> the Denver Broncos. Now, uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's do some news because there are some fun things in the news this week. Here's the jingle. First up, Matthew Knight. Matt Knight, you added something last minute. Why don't you tell us about your exciting addition to this week's news? Yes, we should probably talk a little bit about JHS. So JHS um, obviously have, as well as building great pedals, have built a fantastic uh, YouTube channel. They're sort of one of the most followed sort of guitar YouTube channels out there. Josh's sort of look into the history of uh, guitar pedals and the weird and the wonderful that's all out there. Um, It's been fantastic, which has led to a great platform to launch his new series, The Legends of Fuzz. So if you remember, I think maybe probably summer last year, maybe a bit later, um, he did a series of kind of fuzz pedals um the 66 the 69 i think under the same brand name where he was basically building them in his basement um and everyone came with like a polaroid of the pedal being built and they were i think about 400 or 500 dollars um sold out like absolutely instantly using you know carefully hand select components and all of that but built by josh himself so now they have released the legend of fuzz series which is a i i guess maybe sub brand isn't the um the right word because they are they still are jhs pedals but they come in a new enclosure they are based off uh sort of a legendary um, specific fuzz pedals from his personal collection. So anyone who watches the show knows that he does have an insane uh, collection of pedals, including Clon Centaur Number no. Two, um, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Um, and you know, I've, I've spoke to him, met him a bunch of times, and he is just really into guitar pedals. So he's got a lot of really kind of legendary classic fuzz pedals, and they've rebuilt those. Starting uh, with this first four, he reckons there's going to be a bunch more as well. It's going to be an ongoing series. I think they're about 179 quid, so really, Very really reasonably affordable. priced. And the four that he started with is the Bender, which is his 73 Mark uh, three Tone Bender replica, um, based on what they call the onomatopoeia version so um for those of you who are familiar with the kind of solar sound pedals they're the ones where fuzz is written in the kind of batman comic book style font um the weird thing about this one compared to all the other ones uh, which i'll talk about in a second this one is is an exact replica in a sense because he's created the exact same sound but rather than using germanium transistors which are in the original tone benders he's used silicon but matched the silicon transistors to something that sounds exactly the same Um, and also added in an additional switch for a a bunch of different um sort of tonal options so yeah you've got that one you've got the crimson which is the one that i'm kind of into this is the 1992 mike matthews red army overdrive replica um so electroharmonics basically went bankrupt twice um and then in the early 90s mike matthews realized how expensive 
the original big muffs were getting. Um, so he worked out a deal with a ex-Soviet manufacturing company to basically remake the original circuit, but he couldn't, I think for legal reasons, call them electroharmonics at the time. So yeah, it's the Mike Matthews Red Army Overdrive um, by Sovtech, which was the Russian um, manufacturer. So I thought that was very cool. Just a simple sort of three control um, fuzz. The Smiley, which is the... Um, Fuzz face, the silicon fuzz face, which was the one that Hendrix famously used in 1969. And then the Supreme, which is a 1972 Univox Super Fuzz. Um, for those of you who might not be familiar with the name, will know the sound because it's what the um, Behringer Super Fuzz that everyone's been raving about in forums for the last sort of six months is based on um, plenty of octave up style fuzz pedals follow a similar sort of um sound and feel very rare to get the originals they were built in japan for a very very short time um but yeah it seems like a really i mean the enclosure's cool they're really simple just black with white text they're very cool top mounted controls yeah top mounted controls like a kind of wedge shape um yeah i mean and a great great price i think you know again it's really allowing people to basically try things like an original fuzz face yeah without actually having to go out and trying to find one i mean giving people access to this sort of legendary stuff is is only a cool and brilliant thing yeah yeah exactly and you know based on his um exact ones i think is quite rather than just that you know there's a bunch of tone vendor pedals out there and fuzz yeah. face pedals and it's like this is our take on the fuzz face but of course fuzz pedals every fuzz pedal sounds different because the the components vary so much so him saying i've got this exact one i love the sound of it this is what it is based on i think that that's quite cool yeah very uh, cool and that, it looks like they're available now so yeah there we go oh, the legends go. of fuzz Go and pick one up, people. I uh, I think they're very cool. I uh, uh, I think I want the Bender. I think I might get that. That looks I cool. I think the Supreme's pretty cool. The, the Supreme's very cool. Yeah, the Univox Supreme. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I have to make a decision. One of these I shall get. Hmm. Um, now, uh, oh yes, I need to usher in the next piece of news instead of looking at these. Uh, <laughs> instead of looking at these pedals. by the pedals. Yeah, sorry about that. So, so why don't we? Uh, why don't we continue um, talking about pedals? Mark Packham. Hello. You've thrown something that I was not expecting you okay, to throw fine. to, but I can Mark talk. Packham, why don't we? I can talk about this anyway. So, brand new announced. Uh, I think today, or maybe no, uh, just this weekend. Um, the company is uh, J Rocket Audio Designs, uh, known for, I guess, primarily their Archer. Um, but I know another one that's kind of picked up steam for them is the Boing Reverb. Um, this is their brand new pedal, the Brover Drive. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the name, it, name if I'm honest, but I think it may be done slightly tongue-in-cheek because uh, looking at the pedal itself it's sort of adorned with these uh, ridiculous bro puns so uh, the the controls are lev bro which I think is level <laughs> Bro gain and bro tone. Uh, so it's a three knob overdrive, basically. But yeah, That's Joe's name. But, what's that? <laughs> Joe bro tone. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, on the rest of the pedals, there's things like uh, the words professor, uh, Brozavelt, 
Um, Bohemian, yeah, Bromo Sapien, yeah, Bromo Protein Shake, Bro- yeah, I like that one. I also like Brotato. Just why is that on a panel? <laughs> why does that exist? Um, so yeah, the um, the idea behind it is that it's not based on a kind of like amp in a box or uh, a tube screamer. It's their own circuit. They describe it as a very musical overdrive um, designed to be applicable to all amps and guitars. So yeah, I think it's just kind of a nice drive um and yeah i think yeah the uh the kind of look of it you know if you if you want something that looks very different that probably no one else is, is going to have or not many people are going to have uh, a bit of a talking point on your board this might be something to go to uh i did listen to a quick demo and it sounds pretty nice like i said it's a it's a just a kind of utility overdrive um and price wise 199 dollars. so you know it's not on the cheap end of things um but it does seem to be a kind of classy sounding drive yeah, from an excellent company as well. So. Well, yeah. What does it say dead in the middle of yeah, the Yeah, I was trying to work that. Does it that? just say broski? I think it just <laughs> yeah, says broski. It does just say broski. <laughs> oh Brotato chip. I mean, oh, yeah, that's 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 the, the bronoculars. <laughs> bronoculars. <laughs> oh, I just realised Teddy Brosevelt as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like yeah, brilliant. yeah. Love it. Oh, wow. There's one. There's another one that I can't I can't read. It's the one at the top. It's under the... No, under the switch. It just... Yeah, I can't see. I can't see what it is. B R something. I'm guessing O next after that. Brost, brot. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Let me see if I can find a high res image. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. Wonderful. Okay. Well, in the meantime, Jay Cross. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a week soon where Fender haven't released new bits and bobs, but that's not this week. Yes, so um, to be honest with you, not a huge amount of new, new news here. No, uh, these are just the landing of things, aren't they? Yeah, uh, so five new uh, models in the Player series. uh, And this is, I think we talked about this before, how the offset guitars, the offset range is kind of been shepherded into uh, into the player range so that it's all a bit more coherent, which makes sense to me. Um so there is a uh, a, Geo- a load of Geosonics and uh, and Mustangs. So there's uh, the Geosonic uh, SS, just a classic, um, you know, two single coil Geosonic, which uh, really excitingly is now available in Desert Sand, um, which is uh, just you know the classic uh, Geosonic color with the gold anodized plate. With the gold plate, yeah. it just looks so good. We we used to um, when we were working at GAC, we used to have a load of the. We, they used to do this in the Squire range, yeah, and we did so many of them. Just oh, they were they just so, so good, cool and so unusual. Yeah. Just especially on that Squire wall at the shop, it just it's it stood out as well as just being like an incredible good looking guitar and i think back then when that guitar was 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 around squire wasn't that adventurous you know most of the guitars were Mm. in the sort of five basic colors and stuff it really was back then a a complete random in in fender's lineup but yeah very cool yeah completely so um so there's that there uh that there's also a um a daphne blue uh not daphne uh lake plastic blue version of the same Guitar. There's the Geosonic HS, which comes in a very uh, classy-looking crimson red, um, and that is a uh, what pickup is that in the bridge? 
I am looking at a press release. I cannot remember. I can't remember what the pickup is, but there's a humbucker in the uh, humbucker in the bridge. Uh, then over to the Mustangs. So this is very similar to the one that probably people have seen um, on uh, you post of my guitar, Joe, which is the shell pink one. Uh, so really, really cool hardtail Mustang. I absolutely love this guitar. I think that this. Um, I had a Mustang before. Again, we've talked about this in the past. I had one of the 65 Japanese Mustangs. I just never got on with the bridge. I never got on with that big tremolo. And the fact that you can get them now with hardtails, I just think makes them so much more uh, applicable for most people. Kind of and, in, yes, in line with what the guitar should be, like the hardtail, because it's it's like a simple no-frills, short-scale, you know, it's... it's Yeah, but the Mustang was like the step up, wasn't it, from the Duosonic? Oh, I guess so, yeah. So that's why, I guess, in the past, that had the, the trend. It had that. Um, yeah, the, so... This but yeah, again, this... this gold one looks amazing well see i prefer the the daphne blue but so there's daphne blue with uh maple board or fire mist gold with a uh with a power ferro board sienna sunburst i think as well with a power ferro board uh can't remember uh, um but finish options are sonic blue sienna sunburst um fire mist gold is the one with the power ferro board oh okay so sienna's got the um got the maple board uh yeah it looks really good really good and again a bit of an unusual color for fender you don't tend to see kind of variations on golds that often um so that is cool uh there's also the mustang 90 which is one that has uh, always proven pretty popular uh and that is obviously a mustang with two p90s so that is available in age natural which looks really good actually the age natural i think looks looks it looks proper 70s it looks like an absolute it looks like it's been carved out of a uh a 70s worktop um it's it's really <laughs> really looks good oh yeah um, i'm looking at it now yeah burgundy miss metallic of the course there you special. go absolutely and, and a uh, seafoam green uh as well which is really nice and just rounding out the range there is the um mustang pj base um which uh you can get in a again a Fimus gold um the age natural or sienna sunburst again very nice um, the age so, natural yeah. with that torque guard uh looks very good on the pj mustang base really super. the age natural r- really is a on this range i think really really looks really nice so yeah very good selection there even on yeah. the base i'm into the Fimus gold looking at it now that looks like a much more expensive instrument yeah. than it is the finest gold is one of those colors really nice. though isn't it you put you pop it on anything and it just makes everything look a little bit more custom shoppy yeah yeah definitely i'm getting that sort of vibe off this it looks amazing yeah very cool indeed now um uh, matthew knight matthew knight why don't yes. you tell us about um about old blood noise endeavors yes um so has I don't know if the Friday special has gone out yet. Um, it has, yes. It went out last yes. week. In fact, it's oh, yeah. our so, most our most recent Friday special was the one with Brady Smith from Old Blood Noise Endeavors. So yeah, that's um, that's well worth a listen to. A little bit of the back history of the company. Um, we absolutely love this uh, brand. Old Blood Noise Endeavors have just announced the Fault version two. So for people who weren't aware, the Fault was their dual overdrive with a three band graphic um eq um so you've basically got 
something that goes from a clean boost to sort of all-out gain with three EQ sliders for uh, low, mid, and high frequencies. And then you've got an extra boost switch there as well. So the V2 adds in a couple of uh, new features. Um, basically, you've got a voice control. So this sets the overall tone of the gain going into the EQ. Um, and then the boost sets the range of the first gain. So you've got more versatility over the overall drive control. The EQ basically just really is a really active, really strong EQ. So you can really tailor the sounds. You know, you can make it really boomy. You can sort of, you know, suck out all the mids if you want. Um, and obviously in typical sort of old blood noise fashion goes from... Uh, usable to all out extreme if you want it to um plus you've got the crush sh crush switch uh which is another post eq clipping stage so a whole bunch of um gain to sort of mess around with definitely one if you want to try something a little bit different um plenty of sort of options to tweak it around and no doubt will come with some recommended settings and some cool artwork in the box yeah um, absolutely yeah, so yeah, definitely worth checking it out. It's awesome. That's the the Fault V2. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Excited to see a pedal that we liked the first time around um, get a bit of a... Absolutely. You know. And this one's in a funky orange colour too. It does look very nice. Can I um, just... Before, I know you need to close out this episode, Joe, but I've got some no, breaking news. No, no, no. I'm going to talk about one more piece of news as well. Before oh, we right. Finish. I was going to say breaking news. Just announced. Brand new um, Dan Electro pedal. The Roebuck Distortion, um, which apparently dropped like two or three hours ago. Um, yes. So, yeah, did we, did, we didn't have that in the notes to talk about, did we? No, I didn't, I didn't put it in the notes, actually. I did get the press release for it, but, yeah, I didn't put it in the notes, so I probably should have done. We, we spent the first 45 minutes of this podcast talking about Dan Electro. Pedals. Yeah, why didn't you yeah. bring it up then? I've only just yeah. seen it. I, I should have done. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is, so this is basically, um, it looks like it's based on the Ibanez Mostortion, um, which is a, a fairly famous pedal, but I, I have not had any kind of first-hand experience on it. Um, a three-band EQ, uh, distortion and level controls, and then a three-way switch, which I'm just trying to, like I said, I'm just reading this right now. Oh, um, touch-sensitive three-band EQ. Okay, so that's the three-band EQ. Where's the... But it's touch-sensitive, Well, yeah, what does sensitive the switch Sensitive to the touch. Okay, um, expands its potential with two additional touch. clipping modes via a top-loaded mini toggle switch. With distortion control set to low, the robot will tickle crunch tones and boosted brakes uh, from the front of your guitar amp. Raising the distortion level and mid-control produces upper harmonics and increased drive for classic blues tones. Really? Um, uh, you get increased upper harmonics by boosting the mids? Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, that sounds um, sounds interesting. Another one for the collection, Matty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, go, um, I think I'll wait like 15 years. <laughs> uh, and then go back and get them. Also, now, the, the pedals we, uh, are just no, unstoppable. They also did the 3699 Fuzz. Do you know about that? Yeah, I think, is that the one that's based on... So, I, I don't pedal. know if we talked a little bit about this. So, actually, it kind of links into JHS a little bit. He did an episode with... The guy's name is Steve something. <laughs> um, I can't remember. And he was basically... He's been like an... MI industry like entrepreneur. So he invented something called the Fox Tone Machine, which is a really famous fuzz like in the 70s. He then bought the Dan Electro brand from the back of a magazine in the 80s. Uh, oh, we talked about this a, fly, a yeah, month or so ago. A, a, yeah, a couple of months ago. So he bought the brand 
It's, it's watch the JHSO on it. It's really interesting. Yeah, he bought the brand from a the back of a music trade magazine in the eighties in LA. And yeah, it's responsible for all of the um, Dan Electro stuff. But he also, yeah, invented this really famous fuzz pedal called the Fox Tone Machine, which I think was fit, uh, f- finished in like velvet or something. Um, and I think that 3699 is based on that fuzz pedal. Very, very cool. That's another sort of upper octave sort of really sort of fuzzed out um, pedal. It's got that kind of like 70 that sort clippy of sound. Vibe. Yes, that's it's really really cool. But they seem to have ditched the billionaire series pretty quickly and have gone for this sort of more solid yeah, metal. What's weird though is I'm, look, I'm looking at retailers and retailers have still got the billionaire stuff in stock, and some of them have even got like old food series stuff brand new in stock. So really, but like, is that old or if they? Re- oh, this is the problem with Dan. Le- My only gripe with Dan Electro, as cool as they are, like they need to keep their website up to date because the website doesn't have this 3699 fuzz on it. It doesn't have this Roebuck distortion on it. It doesn't even have the new version of the backtalk on there. So, yeah, if they uh, if they just did that, then we'd all know what was going on. Yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed. Anyway, before, before we go, I also wanted to talk about um, KMA Audio, a pedal company that we obviously spoke about quite a lot over the last few weeks, but they have um, just, when this episode is airing, just released a, um, a limited edition run of the, uh, of the Logan, which is their drive pedal which um I was a big fan of this was a really mud mid a really mud pitched um uh, <laughs> really mid <laughs> really I think you're the one that's a bit pitched mate <laughs> this was a really mid pushed drive pedal that allowed you to control the uh frequency sweep of those mids via um an expression uh, pedal as well if you wanted to um this more importantly yeah. this is the one with the wolf holding a baby narwhal on the front of it. that is exactly what it is a wolf holding a narwhal on the front but this is a limited edition um uh desert uh desert white finished um logan logan drive so they're only making a hundred of these but i really think this is an it's an absolutely fantastic really unique really interesting sounding drive that can be you know at once you know at your standard functional drive and then can give you all that coctois um style mid pushness which i'm a very big fan of um but yeah only a hundred of these and you know they're still they're still going to be like 175 quid which you know is 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 not a lot of money for an absolutely fantastic and very original sounding overdrive pedal. So uh, so yes, get them while they're hot because they're literally being announced. I think if you're listening to this on Patreon, then the day it comes out, then it's come out today. Otherwise, you know, only only very recently for everyone else. So go and check them out. But uh, but yeah, that does in fact bring us up to. About time on uh, this week's free episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. And you can, of course, listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. This week, me and Matt are, uh, well, we're about to go and record the final episode of The Pedals That Made Us, where we're going to be talking about the explosion of boutique pedals. And we're going to be talking about all our favorite little brands of pedals that have sprung up over the years all of the ones that we can remember and we're going to try and squeeze them all into one episode. So if you're looking for some inspiration for new effects, then that is absolutely going to be the episode to listen to. New series um, next week. 
new series next week. What's the uh, new series, Mark Packham? Yeah, I'm going to take over this one. So I'm, uh, I'm. We talked about it a bit before, but uh, it's it's kind of coming into into place now. So a uh, brand new series from next week, five part series, Gear There and Everywhere, which is going to be uh, a bit of a deep dive on some of the stories behind the Beatles gear, uh, primarily guitars. We're going to look at. Uh, yeah, a few guitars, some bass stuff, and some amp stuff, interestingly, as well, um, over the course of uh, uh, five weeks. I'm uh, going to be using some, like, isolated tracks and stuff so you can really hear what the uh, what the gear sounds like. Um, I haven't decided fully what all of the five episodes are going to be, but, uh, yeah, some if you're fans of, of the Beatles or just, like, interesting guitar stories in general, um, that's what we're doing for the next five weeks. Hosted by Mark Packham himself, dear listener. So, uh, yeah, definitely tune in for that. And to become a Patreon supporter, it costs only a dollar a month and you can enjoy this podcast ad-free and early every week. At the $5 tier, you can enjoy the extra episode every week. Plus, you have access to our entire back catalogue of almost 500 episodes of podcasts and at the $10 tier you can become an executive producer and enjoy all those benefits plus the prestigious honor of having your name featured in our podcast outro song you can follow us on all the major social platforms with at guitar nerds and you can join us on our facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum and actually right at the end of this episode i would like to take this moment to thank everyone who has become a member of our Facebook community, um, uh, Guitar Neds Group, uh, on, on Facebook. Um, because uh, starting from this week, uh, we're now part of the More Together campaign with Facebook. Um, so I'd like to thank everyone who entered a video of them shredding in their bedroom um, for this, uh, for uh, you know, for the uh, More Together campaign, because that will be starting across Facebook, all across the world um, this week. So, uh, well done, and I think well done to Andy McKenzie, who I believe has been chosen as the uh, as the poster boy for uh, uh, for uh, this group's uh, content. But yes, uh, thank you very much, everyone, for being a part of that. Um, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers, gang.